someone who cares. Lord, that you could be in our, in our midst and walk among us. What an awesome presence, Lord, that we can feel and know that you're with us. Lord, you wouldn't have to show us such love, but you choose to. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would touch every person here this morning. We think of those that are sick. Lord, especially pray for Brother Harold's daughter today going through this surgery. Lord, I pray you're protecting a hand. Lord, that you guide the hand of the surgeon. Lord, I pray for each one. Maybe there's some that has some heaviness of heart today, some sorrow, Lord, that would come. I pray, Lord, that you'd lift that burden from them. As they hear the word, Lord, may there be a, a reality of that your word is true. and They do have someone who cares and Someone who will share the burdens that they're going through and they can share it with. I pray you'd grant that today. Lord, I pray for every sick person, everyone in need, that you'd bless them and heal them, bring them to where they ought to be, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you love him this morning? Amen. I trust that you do. I want to... Uh, Remember that we'll have communion in our second service. I had to ask Brother John Bailey to come and speak to us this afternoon, but he won't be able to be here because of his sister being in surgery and some other things going on there. But So we'll be praying for that family. But I'll go ahead and speak in the second service since it's our communion service. So if we can have the bread and, and things ready for that, it'd be good. First John 4 and 7. I want to speak to you this morning on perfect elective love. Perfect, elective love. We'll read 1 John 4, verse 7 through verse 18. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 
In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love, this is interesting, is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. I'm getting a little bit of a rebound up here. It might be these things may need to be turned off. I've got my ear monitor this morning. Whatever you do this Valentine's Day for your spouse or fiance, I can say this. It won't be perfect. Come on. <laughs> Glad I got some amens on that. I, uh, I thought I would get, do something early for Valentine's Day, and I got my wife a, a necklace. I bought her a necklace, and I can say that because I've already given it to her. I was so excited, and I'd actually done it because you got to know me. I'm a last-minute kind of guy, and I usually do it at the night before, I'd run to Walmart and buy whatever they have left, and, and I know some of you identify with that, and, and so uh, I didn't this year. I, I saw a, a necklace that had birthstones of our, our children's names on it. I'm going to buy that. I saw it online, and I bought that for my wife, and it was pretty cheap. I thought, boy, that's, I, I, I did a good thing, you know. I, I had to show it to her. I gave it to her almost two weeks early, and and when we got it, when I got it in the mail, it had a little gift box and everything, and she tries to put it on, it breaks. <laughs> of course, it was cheap. Whatever you do won't be perfect because you're not perfect. Yeah. Right? You're not perfect. Uh, Brother Branham said this about the Garden of Eden, that speaking of that couple that was there, he said they were wholly veiled. They were safe in God's pavilion. They were alive. They had no death around them. They, they were truly alive. You understand all of us are dying. Right? You, when you're born, you reach a certain age of maturity, and then you begin to die. And so we're all dying in that sense. We're all headed down, most of us having reached that age of maturity. They were alive. They had no death around them. Hallelujah. They had perfect love one for the other. Whatever Adam got Eve for Valentine's Day, it was perfect. It, the conditions were perfect. Everything was good. Every time they ate dinner, it was good. Every time they, they settled down and had church, they had a good service. 
Think about it for a minute. Why? Because the conditions were right. The atmosphere was perfect. They had a perfect pastor. He come and preached to them in the cool of the evening. God himself come down and spoke with his children. It was a perfect love that they had. Brother Branham said they had perfect life forever. They had perfect love one for the other. They had perfect love, perfect understanding of the love of God. They had God's word and kept it. Oh, my. And as long as they kept it, they were alive and safe in God's Eden with no death at all around. Do we realize, do you realize this morning that that's where we're going back to? We're going back to that place where we'll be able to fully manifest perfect love. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad for that. Now, Brother Branham goes beyond the curtain of time, though, and he, he goes to that other place, and he talks about the perfect love that is there, that is after death. But he, he says this, and it's kind of a strange statement. He said, I'm more convinced than ever in my life that it will take perfect love to enter that place. Right. It will take perfect love to enter that place. So there has to be a perfect love that we have before we go in to that place. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Now, when I begin to draw up these notes and I begin to look at some things and begin to study on this, I thought I had several things that I was going to hit on. But this first one actually uh, got to the point where I, I just have to deal with this this morning and maybe we'll deal with the other at some other time. But the first thing that you want to understand about God's perfect love is that it is elective love. And we could say it and maybe make it a little, sound a little less mysterious by saying that it's, it is actually a love of choosing. Right? He loves you and, and how he chose that he loves you. Brother Branham talked about how that they didn't understand what perfect love was because they said if, if he had love, he would love us in suffering or he would take us out of our suffering. But he said it's perfect love that he chose you. Right? The love is in the choosing itself. And so suffering many times is misunderstood because we're looking for responsive love, what Brother Random calls parental love that notices when something's going on in our lives and, and immediately rushes in to help. But his love is so far beyond that that he actually knows exactly what it is for our good. Amen. He knows exactly what we have need of. And so his love even goes beyond the love that a, parent, a natural parent would have that would save their child instantly from suffering. Of course you would. If your child was going through something and you saw they were crying, they were suffering, your instinct would be to step in and save them. But, but Christ actually sometimes stands by because he's, per, he's doing something even greater for you. And his love is shown in that he chose you. Now... We do have a high priest today who can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. But before he became that high priest that could be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, he had already chosen us in the beloved. We had already been elected. Now he came to us because of the elective love of God. That high priest came and he condescended to our world because of the elective love of God that he had for us before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now watch how election and love works together. That he's chosen us in him 
for the purpose that we would be in love. Right? We should be holy and without blame, not in under law. Right? Not under a, a force, but in love. So he has chosen us that we that he would love us and we would love him. So his choosing us was not an act of pity. And I want us to think deeply about this this morning. God didn't choose you because he felt sorry for you. Right? He did not choose you because, oh, they, they're going to go through so much and, and they're going to have so many trials. Yes, we do have trials, but he did not choose us, Brother Danny, out of pity because some go through far more than others. That's not why we were chosen. We were not chosen out of pity, but we were chosen because of his election. He decided, what, am I, what do I say to that? He said, you're the one. What can I say to that? I just have to respond to that. It's up to me to respond to it, not to question why. Why would he ever love me? But, but it's to actually receive that love and respond to that love. Oh, do you believe in that kind of love this morning? That's not a Hollywood type of love. It's a choosing. I chose you to be my bride. He says, I, I foreordained you. I preplanned your birth. I, I, I planned everything about it. I chose the bed and the time that you'd be planted in so that you could have that perfect love, amen, in your heart. So not an act of pity, but an act of his will, right? Romans 9 and 10 says not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by her father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Aren't you glad for that today? It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Or in the language of the scripture, I've loved Esau less. Did not have the same love for Esau as he had for Jacob. He chose to love Jacob. And this love, Brother Brown says, this elective love, it's his love for his elect. And his love for them is apart from human merit. For it says that the purpose of God stands in election, listen, which is exactly opposite to works or anything man has in himself. Oh, aren't you glad for a love like that today? Amen. Now he said, because before the children were born, he had already said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now this is important. I want you to, to catch this. I was sitting in Cracker Barrel the other day with my wife, and because uh, that's just what we do. You know, as message preachers, we, and, and my wife and I, when we go on vacation, we eat. That's what we do. I probably didn't have to tell you that. You'd see that just by looking at me, but we, we like to go out and eat. And, and so we were sitting at Cracker Barrel and eating breakfast. And I'm sitting there, and she's talking to me. And I heard the first part of the conversation, and then my mind began to wander. And I know she was a little bit perturbed at me because she could see in my face that I'd, I'd left her, I'd left the table. And, but my mind wandered to the service today. And, and it's why I don't usually go anywhere before if I'm planning on preaching the next day or the next Sunday because your mind's always on the service. And, and I was thinking about the service today, and I began to ponder this. What does perfect elective love look like when the object of that love is a free moral agent? 
Now think about it for a minute because he cannot cross our free moral agency. He will not. Right? That's an absolute truth. Election does not cross our free moral agency. Now he being God, he knows who will and who won't. Right? By his foreknowledge. But his elective love is given to us, but he can't force us to love him back. Think about it for a minute. There is no obligation on the free moral agent to accept the love that God gives. Again, he's God. He knows that they will. But think about that. Now, when you think about perfect love and how we should love one another, and especially how you should love within a marriage relationship, what, what, what are you doing? You are projecting love to an object, to a person. And when God did that, there was no obligation on our part to accept that. Now, think about it. Now... But yet it was impossible for us not to. Those two things have to be true. You can't cross free moral agency, and yet we couldn't have been lost. Oh, my. If we get a revelation of this, you'd never have a failed marriage. Think about it. Think about it. If two people would ever recognize. But see, in this case, he, he knows that he projects love, and we didn't. Right? We were lost. We didn't know how to project love, how to give him love. Now, when, when perfect elective love projects love to an object of free moral agency, the only way to ensure it is to study that object and find out what will make them respond. Now, think about it. Find out what will make them. Oh, I'm so glad he's God and he knows all about us. It's to find out what will make that, that person respond. And then overwhelm that object. Oh, my. With, with such love and in such a way that, and with, in such a time that it can't help but love. And this is why, oh, my. And this is why sometimes... God didn't, he didn't bring you the message right away. Sometimes maybe you didn't know about it. You were out in sin. You were doing things you shouldn't have been doing because you didn't know the love of God. You didn't know nothing about it. But one day it came to you. One day maybe you were raised in church, but, and, but you were kind of playing the fence. You didn't really know if you were a believer or not. But one day that perfect love of God was revealed to your heart. One day you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. One day you begin to reflect that love in your life. You begin to manifest that love. What was that? It was God who chose you, and he, he poured his love out on you. But he chose the time and the place, and he made the conditions right. And he actually overwhelmed you with such love. Oh my, that he guaranteed that you would love him back. Think about it. He couldn't make you. He couldn't force you. But his love was so great. So the question becomes, not how did he ever love me? He chose to. We know that. But how did he ever get me to love him? Think about it. 
because you, you were bound for hell. Even though we were predestined to life. We were bound for hell. We were leaving the economy of God. We were headed the wrong direction. And yet we were predestined to life and God knew that we would come to him and, and he placed a seed down inside of us that he would quicken and he would awaken. But the seed can't even be quickened without us receiving the word. Are you hearing me? How would he make us receive it? How would he make us? How, oh my. How would he do that? By actually creating a condition around us, by creating the conditions of our life. Sometimes he had to let you fall way down so that you would recognize his love. Sometimes he had to, he, he put you in a church, in a certain church, a certain place, at a certain time, a certain member of your family, somebody that you, maybe you hardly knew, handed out a tract or a book, or somebody, I, I remember, uh, this, I think the story is told of my grandfather, uh, my mom's dad, who, who went in a house where there was a picture of the pillar of fire, and some people who were, had sold Brother Branham honey, I believe was the story, the way that it went, and they were there, and he began to ask about it, he found out about the message, my dad discovered the message by meeting my my mom and then it come down to my generation why would God do that two generations ago because he wanted to display his love to me and so he worked all of those years are you with me now if we can put it in human terms he worked all of those years to create the conditions so they would be right for love are you with me this morning I wish I could get it across the way he showed it to me how did he ever get me to love him? How, why, why would I ever love him? <laughs> but I do. Do you love him this morning? <laughs> Is there something in your heart? You, you, you've been through trials. You know what it's like to feel like there's nothing going your way. To feel like God don't even. But there's something inside of you. Brother Randall put it this way. He said, if he sent me to hell, I'd still love him. What created that kind of a love? What is it? Amen. What kind of a love? What, what created that kind of a love in your heart? It wasn't you. It was God who chose you before the foundation of the world. But he did not force that love out of you. But he created the conditions in such a way so that you would respond. Paul tells us how lost we were in Ephesians 2.4. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, he tells us how lost we were. And then he says in verse 4, but God. <laughs> but God. <laughs> I'm so glad that's there. <laughs> oh, aren't you glad for the presence of God today? Aren't you glad that he's still working in your life? But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love. Notice that word great. That great, great is not quality. It's quantity. Now think about it. That great love. We look at it many times as, well, his love is so much beyond. And it is. But that's not what that word means. It's quantity. He loved us in so many ways and for so long a time. Hallelujah. Well, that's how you create love. Even with human beings. Right? You, love in, you have to love in so many ways and for so long a time. You see, God... Wanted to love us so bad, and he had such a desire in his heart, and we were chosen by him, that he actually loved us in so many ways, and for so long a time, 
that when we turned our back to him and spat on him, spat on him, and, and he took, even took our own sins, he condescended to come down among us and be one of us and walk the streets and, and be part of us. God, the creator of the universe, become a germ in the womb of a, of a 15-year-old girl, and he come down and he walked the streets of Galilee and he come and preached to the people. They rejected him, crucified him, spit on him, and he died and took my sins to the cross with him. What was he doing? Creating the conditions so that one day I would love him with no immediate reward but the Bible says but for the joy that was set before him <laughs> hallelujah oh that's that's his great love he loved us in so many ways and for so long a time oh I hope you hear me this morning church I wonder if you could look back at your life and realize even when you didn't love God even when you failed God even when you were backslid on God come on church even when you couldn't couldn't come to God even when you felt like that God didn't even love you but yet he loved you in so many ways and for so long a time that you were willing to come back at the right time hey man he didn't force our will into it, but he made us willing by loving us with such a great love. Even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Aren't you glad for that today? Listen, when you make, as we were talking earlier about, about husbands and wives, when you make your wife or your husband the object of your love, you overwhelm them with it. You understand this? It's not, I'll love him a little and see if he responds. You just pour it out. In so many ways. For so long a time. In every way, as you study that person, you watch and see, is there a way that I can get this person to love me? Even if I have to step down are you hearing me this morning? Even if I have to step down in my own estimation, out of my pride, out of my dignity, out of what I think is fun. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. Perfect love, elective love, is a love of choosing to love in so many ways for so long a time. It doesn't stop. The Bible says love never fails. Yeah. Right? It never fails. Now watch. I realize our love is filial, but if we could just take the pattern of that perfect love and then make the object of our love that way. Now watch. Quit being stingy with love. Yeah. Amen, Brother Ben. Don't be stingy. Can we turn that around in a spiritual sense? Don't be stingy in showing your love to God. It's okay to raise your hands. It's okay to worship. Why would you be stingy? He loved you in so many ways. 
<laughs> he, loved, he loved you for so long a time. You can remember when you were lost, and yet he kept you. You can remember when you, when you drank, when you smoked, when you acted like a person shouldn't act, when you run around with women, whatever that it was, or with men. There's, there, there may be many things in your past, but you're not that way anymore. Why did you change? Because perfect elective love chose to love you. And he loved you in so many ways and for so long a time that he's actually brought you back to where you love him. And if we could ever learn to do that, then actually that, that projecting of love, if there's anything there, are you hearing me? If there's anything at all there to love you back, it will. But look, we're stingy. Well... I'll sit back in the service. Well, I won't preach here in a minute. <laughs> sit back and button our coat. Make sure everything looks real good. And sit back and make sure that the preacher preaches real good and real hard and real fast. And then we'll raise our hand. Huh? Make sure that he's real anointed. And then we'll worship. You ain't worshiping the preacher. Huh? We'll make sure the singer really sings on tune and does everything just right and the piano player's just right and the organ, everything just the way we want it. Then we'll worship. He didn't, he didn't only love you when you were in church. He didn't only love you when you were doing the things you ought to have been doing. He loved you in the dark times, and he loved you in the hard times, and he loved you in spite of yourself, in spite of the hate that you showed towards his word. He still loved you. Oh, are you with me this morning? Then we ought to be able to return that love back to him. We ought to be able to worship him with all of our heart. Lord, I'm not going to be stingy with my love, but Lord, as you overwhelm me with, with your love, I'm going to love you when I don't feel like it. I'm going to worship you when it don't seem like it's the right thing to do. I'm going to love you whether the preacher's good or not good. I'm going to love you whether it's singing's good or not good. I'm going to worship no matter what comes my way. I'm going to love you anyway. Are you with me this morning? Amen. We're loving God, not some man. Amen. He loves you in so many ways and for so long a time. Couldn't you love him for a few minutes on Sunday? Doesn't it make you want to get down tonight by your bed and say, Lord, I'm sorry I haven't shown love. I love you. Brother Brandon said, create around you love. Who could deny this great love? Listen just a moment what a great love is. Love will conquer where hate and malice and creed, debate and fuss will drive away. Love will conquer. (laughs) And he tells the story about how he, when his house was all upset and he went and put an apron on. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to go there this morning. But <laughs> and a prophet of God, when he had better things to do, sure. stepped down. <laughs> become the dishwasher and overwhelmed the situation. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me now? 
create around you love. He said, but you don't understand the things that have happened in my marriage. You don't understand the, the times we've failed. You don't understand the problems we've had. And we have this bitterness and we have this struggle and we have these things going on. Overwhelm with love. See, the more love that you have, the more love that you show, the more times, the more places, the, the longer length of time that you show that you love someone, that love will actually begin to overwhelm like a flood of water. If you filled this building up with water, at first it would, be, it would just cover the floor, and then it would cover the seats, and finally it would cover the pulpit, and finally everything would be, would be covered in it. That's what love does. If you just be, pour it out and pour it out, you say, but I'm not getting nothing in return. That's real love. If you were getting something in return, it wouldn't be love. That's a contract. Marriage is not a contract. Where I give 50%, you give 50%. This, the gospel is not a contract. Are you with me this morning? Where I give 50%, he gives 50%, my effort and his effort. No, he overwhelmed me. Amen. I didn't have anything to do with it, but he loved me anyway. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Love will conquer. Listen to what Brother Branham said. He said, then he's a good God. He said, if you want to do certain things your way, you know, he said, God is good enough to do that. Huh? I'm going to break it. He said, well, God does things his way. No, he don't. Not all the time. You understand that there's a perfect will of God and a permissive will of God, and many times he steps into his permissive will because he loves you. But he's so great that Brother Branham said his permissive will actually works to glorify his perfect will, to make his perfect will more perfect. Hallelujah. See, God is good enough to do that. He loves to make you happy. That's what I was trying to do with that necklace. But see, it's not perfect. But you know what I did? I tried again. Are you with me now? Amen. We're not perfect. Yeah. If God loved us in so many times, yeah. in so many ways, for so long a time, right? right? Couldn't we love one another? Yeah. And don't just show it and say, well, I tell them I loved them at church, but come on. Right. In so many times. If they didn't respond, there's another opportunity. Right? Right? Now watch, he wants, he said he wants, he, he is love, and his great love constrains him to even step down sometimes. See, he was up here, and he stepped down. That's the condescension of God coming from deity. He was deity, and he, he was up on high. He was watching, and he stepped down. Right? That's the principle, to step down. If you want to be big, be little. If you want to go places, constrain yourself. Right? Humble yourself. He is love. His great love constrains him to even step down sometimes to let you have the things that you want. Say, well, God's not that way. Well, the prophet said he was. You see, our love would be perfected if we chose to love. I, you know, we use the term falling in love, and it's okay, but... The term falling in love implies an accident, right? You fall out of a truck. You fall on the ice. Huh? You fall in love. I can't help it, Brother Ben. Huh? And, and people get this stupid Hollywood idea. Excuse me for using that word, but it is. It's like, 
It's like, well, I just can't help it, Brother Ben. She, she was somebody else's wife. He was somebody else's husband, but it's just the way it is. No, you made some choices. Huh? Right? <laughs> you made some choices. You fall in love. In order to fall in love, you have to open up your heart to love. God's love for us was not accidental. It wasn't an accident. Oops. Well, he's there. Might as well love him. I see Joel's going to a message church now. I guess I'm going to have to love him anyway. Them Pruitt's just a bunch of scoundrels, but there's one that's preacher. Might as well love him. That's not how God loves. But before I was ever born. Hallelujah. Before my parents were ever born. Amen. Amen. Before the very first scoundrel ever showed up in my family tree. He loved me. Are you with me now? I hope it means something to you. See, God's love is not accidental. We, We don't love accidentally, especially when it comes to marriage. We love our wives on purpose. If you love them by accident, you got a problem. We'd be much happier in these filial relationships if we chose to love. And the physical and psychological feelings, they're necessary, but they won't always be there. There's times you don't feel like it, but you still love. I I can show an example of that. You know, when King Abimelech come down, just to put it in Brother Branham's words, he said he went down there. Abimelech was king in the Philistine country. He was looking for a sweetheart with all them pretty Philistine girls. But he saw grandma coming, and Brother Branham's being a little sarcastic with his words here because she had already been changed back. He said he saw grandma coming and said, that's the one I've waited for. That's her. I fell in love with her. And Brother Random uses that as an illustration. He didn't fall in love with grandma. He fell for a pretty girl whose body had been changed back. Brother Random said he did fall in love with Sarah. He did. He had no business taking her. God said, if you don't restore her, he did fall in love with Sarah. He wanted to take her for his wife. Nothing spiritual about that. Nothing unique about that. You don't have to be a Christian to do that. What you have to be a Christian to do is choose to love when you don't feel like it. That's right. He said, she was a beautiful young woman. He turned her back to a young woman, Abraham to a young man. And the Bible says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, behold, thou art but a dead man. The woman which thou hast taken, she is a man's wife. Listen, if you go past that, you know, Abimelech fell in love, right? But Isaac chose to love. Not only did he choose to love, he chose to love the choice of his father. Now, I want to get this to you. I, I don't preach on these things very many times. I know, I know for some people it's hurtful because of the things that they've been through in their life, but just bear with me for a few minutes because this is about our love for God. Isaac chose to love the choice of his father. He chose to love the one who the father gave him. I think we should rest in the choice of our father who knows what we need in life for a life companion. I think we should rest in the choice of our Father when it comes to many other things. God chose me to make this, the, the conditions many times the way that they are, and I would, might want them to be different, but God chose them, so let me rest in that. Let me rest in that, because God chose that. 
Maybe it's not perfect, but it's for your good. You see, Rebecca, when she come to the well, she had a willing heart. Before Isaac, before she'd ever met him, he was in another country. But here he sent Eliezer, Abraham sends Eliezer down to find a wife for his son. And Rebecca comes out to the well, and she had a willing heart to water the word before Isaac ever met her. Listen, he wasn't looking for someone who he had to put that in. That was already in her. So he was looking for somebody who had something in them that would respond to the word. And, but he's got to show something. He's got to do something that will cause her to respond. Listen, if someone doesn't respond to the gifts of God, even in the natural, if you're choosing, if you're getting married, you, you have to watch. See if someone responds to the gifts of God. If they don't respond to what God gives now, they won't later. If they don't go to church now, stay away from them. Get them in church. You want to witness evangelize? Get them in church. They can be, become a, a, a. They can get saved and come and do all of that. But make sure that they love God first. Amen. If they don't respond to the gifts of God now, they won't later. You're not going to make them do that. You can't make them do that. Right. See what they've done with the opportunity they've been given, and that's a good, a good example because many times we look at things and we say, "Well, this person's been in a good message church for X number of years." That doesn't mean you should marry them. Right? But it's what have they done with the opportunity they've been given? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. right? There may be somebody, somebody working out, on the, you know, out in, in a restaurant or somewhere that's never had the opportunity you've had yeah. or that that person's had. And maybe if they ever had it, they'd respond to it sure. like Rebecca did. Yeah. Let me water the word. Yeah. And here's somebody else maybe raised up in church, spent their whole life in church. But what have they done with the opportunity? Do they use every excuse they can to get out of it? Right? You watch that in somebody. Many times the person who's, who's maybe not come to God yet, that person might be. But you've got to wait and watch and see what they do with the opportunity. You won't know until you see what, what they do with the opportunity they've been given. Now watch. And listen, they called Rebecca and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Now listen, Rebecca had to make the choice. She was the free moral agent because he said she is the maid. Let her make the choice. And as soon as it was made to her, quickly her mind was made up. She said, I'll go. Why? Because he, he brought gifts with him. Right. Amen. He overwhelmed her. Yeah. Are you with me now? Yeah. Here was the, the, the elective love of God that already knew that she was the one. This will be the one, the one that responds. But why did she respond? Because he overwhelmed her with the gifts that he sent her way. Oh my, if we could just realize what God's done for us in this hour, that he sent a prophet to overwhelm us by his love, to show us that God was still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He sent a prophet. He sent a word that overwhelms us as we begin to look at it. He sent the church. He sent the fivefold ministry. He sends gifts our way. He sends things to us so that it, it overwhelms us with love so we can see, oh, this is what, this is the one. Yeah. He's the one. Why? Because we've been overwhelmed by his love. Hallelujah. He didn't just say, take it and leave. He didn't didn't send a message down there. He sent a messenger with a message. Are you hearing me now? He sent a man with it who had gifts. So when he showed those gifts, she could see this is him. And she didn't fall in love with him. She fell in love with Isaac. But she did get to a place where she, she was willing to believe the messenger and follow the messenger because right. yeah. he was the only one that could take her home. Yes. Are you with me now? Yeah. 
She, she fell in love with Isaac, but all she had was the messenger's portrayal of Isaac until she saw him in the field. Yeah. Oh my, we come to him by the messenger's portrayal of him, but one day you got to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And when you see him for yourself. Yeah. Now notice what Isaac does. Isaac went out at, to meditate in the field. Now notice he did not stay in the tent. He revealed himself. Right, he goes out in the open. Oh, my. I hope you hear me today. He went out in the open, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the revival was on. The camels were coming. Right? The Holy Ghost. Right? And, and as soon as it was... Listen, he, he made himself visible, and then in Genesis 24, 64, it says, And Rebekah... Uh, lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. Now, I skipped that quote. I'm sorry, but I'm, I want to go back to that because he said Rebecca had to make her choice because she said she is, uh, she is the maid, let her make her choice. And she quickly made up, her mind was made up and said, I'll go. And she mounted upon the camel and said the very camel she watered was the camel that packed her to her bridegroom and all of her success. Yeah, sure. I got thinking about that. If the camel we're watering with our praise is the camel carrying us to the bridegroom and our success, some of us aren't going to be very successful. Because that camel's tired. He's thirsty. Are you with me now? <laughs> He's just about to die. <laughs> he just gets a nod every now and then. <laughs> But here, she's got water, and she's just dumping out water to the camels. Why? She gives them all they can drink, and that's a lot. <laughs> what was it? She, it was something in her. that it was, he, She wasn't made to do that. He never even asked her to do it. <laughs> she did it, amen, out of the abundance of her own heart. And she began to pour out and pour out and pour out. What was it? She was showing love, and she did not even yet know what the object of her love was. That she was pouring out love, pouring out love, pouring out love. Brother Brown said the very camel, the very power of that beast in the Bible represents power. And the very power we give water and praise to. He said water, life, praise to the word. He said it's the very thing that, what do we give praise to? The word. He said the very, it's the very thing that packs us into the glory land to meet the bridegroom. The very thing, man, the very thing we give praise to. So we want to keep our camels well watered. Make them happy. You don't want your camel to come dragging in. That he saw the camels coming. Why did they have the strength to come? Because Rebecca watered them. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Good. Amen. Say, well, the Holy Ghost is very strong in my, in my life. Well, sounds like a water problem. <laughs> right? Now, Isaac, as we said, he left, and he saw her first. Amen. And then she lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she got off the camel. And Brother Brandon said, remember, Isaac had left the tent and was standing out in the field meditating in the late afternoon. And when he saw Rebecca coming, she never saw him, and he never saw her, but it was love at first sight. Yeah. You know why? 
both of them had already chosen. He chose her, and she responded by saying, I will. And with that mutual choosing, it created such a love (laughs) that by the time she come through the message of the hour and followed the prophet's words, she got to a place where she could see him, and he could see her. And when they did, it was love at first sight. Oh, my he said, look, he said when he saw Rebecca come and she'd never seen him, but she fell in love with him and he with her and she was even veiled. Yeah. He didn't fall in love with her face. Oh, my. He didn't fall in love with the beauty of her form. She was veiled. She was covered. He fell in love with her, the person, Rebecca. Oh, my. He didn't fall in love with you because you're a good singer or a good preacher. He fell in love with you because you're you. He chose you, not your ability to work on lights. Are you with me if you're an electrician? He chose you, not your ability to work on plumbing. He chose me, not my ability to preach or lack thereof. Are you with me now? He chose you, not your failures. He chose you, not your... He didn't look at those things. Amen. He chose you. And Brother Branham said, look, when she seen him, her heart was so full of joy. She didn't know who she was going to marry, but by faith. He said, remember, Jesus will leave the kingdom. We'll not meet him in glory. We're to meet him in the air, between heavens and earth, where it's expanded to redeem us. Oh, church, I hope we recognize we've been introduced to him by this message in a spiritual sense. There will come a day we'll meet him physically in the air. But in a spiritual sense, we've been introduced to him by the message. We've seen him. The messenger's taken us to him. Amen. Amen. He said, Jesus will not leave the kingdom. We'll not meet him in glory. We're to meet him in the air between heavens and earth where it's expanded to redeem us. He said, how do you know we've already met him? Because Brother Branham says we're already married. We're not, hey man, we're not going to a wedding. We're going to a marriage supper. Hallelujah. We're going to the party. (laughs) Preacher, you ought to say that in church, but Jesus attended a wedding party. Amen. And he created the conditions for joy. They run out of wine and he just created some more. (laughs) Hope you're with me. I'm going somewhere this morning. Now look. I don't have time to finish this. Maybe we'll get to it another time, but not probably not soon. I know we can only take so much of this. But many times, God's choice for you is revealed by the circumstances of your life. You think, well, if God chooses, he's going to take me and he's going to take the Bible and slap me with it. That's going to be his choice. That's not usually what it is. Usually you went to a meeting. You went to church. You went to the gas station. I went to hear Brother Daryl Ward preach. See, I have a fondness for Brother Daryl's ministry. I went to hear Brother Daryl Ward preach. I didn't even notice her the first time, but she noticed me. And years, several years later, we were married. That's, that's just the way God does things. It's the circumstances of life. Huh? Are you with me now? You can go back to your own story and say, well, this is how... It happened. Circumstance. You say, well, it must not have been God because we were met in the world and got married by the justice of the peace. 
wait a minute, God knows who you were. And he was God then, believe it or not. Now, maybe you need to renew your vows, but he, right? Get a preacher, but he knew. Well, Brother Ben, you don't understand. We lived together before we got married. We had all kinds of bad things, and, and now it's just hopeless for us. Wait a minute. That was wrong. Are you with me? That was wrong. But he knew that. Huh. I hope you're hearing me today. He loves you in spite of that. And just maybe the person you're with is the person you should be with. Moses was running after he killed an Egyptian. I don't have time to, to read all of this, but in Exodus chapter 2, you'll find it. And, and Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and sat down by a well. He just happened to sit down at a well owned by Jethro, who had seven daughters. <laughs> Sometimes God gives you too much of a choice. He goes down, and here's the daughters all sitting out here. And he said, well, I could have stopped at any well. But here's one with seven daughters. There must be something in it for me. They end up married, and he was content to live with them. He thought he was doing okay. But all that time, you know, after they got married, he found out some things about her that he didn't know before. She had a temper. Isn't it ironic that the man who ran from Egypt because he killed a man, there was one of them seven daughters that was not scared of that. Yep. <laughs> Imagine him telling the stories, well, I'm here because I'm a fugitive, you know, running from the law. So poor says, that don't scare me. <laughs> Given the right place and the right circumstance, I might kill a man too. I'm just trying to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> you understand, I have to preach these things. It's part of my job. Now look, Brother Branham said Moses had a temper, and God gave him his wife by the name of Zipporah. She had one too. He said, so I imagine everything wasn't so pleasing on the backside of the desert when both of their tempers got out of control at the same time. And he said, I suppose his intellectual conception of how psychology ought to control a person. Listen, you don't go into marriage to control a person. I suppose his intellectual conception of how psychology ought to control a person didn't do much good. Because when he was on his road down to Egypt, I see Zipporah still had a temper. She cut the foreskin of her son off, threw it before Moses and said, you're a bloody husband to me. God was so angry with him, he looked for him in the end. If he could have found him, he'd have killed him. He said, I guess there was little things God had to teach him back there to see that he was human. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Again, Brother Brown says, God said, 40 years out here, I've had you and Zipporah fussing and carrying around out here in this wilderness, whether you can find out there's human weakness or not. Right. Come on, he found out. He said, whether you're, where you're standing up there is a big prince. Hello, Dr. Moses. Good morning, Reverend, sir. Oh, he felt good. You know, sometimes we do that at work. We go to work and everybody says, oh, you know your job. Yeah, I feel good. We go home and our wife puts us in our place. <laughs> it does make you feel kind of helpless sometimes, doesn't it? And wives need to understand that because sometimes you're good at what you do at work and you're not good at what you do at home sometimes. Amen. Yeah. You're just not as good at it. 
and it's kind of a helpless feeling. And you need to give a man grace for that because sometimes it's irritating. And it's, I know how to fix things, but I can't fix your mood, you know? Right? And we want to be fixed, and men want to be able to fix things, but that's not... Sometimes the wives want to be fixed, but that's not how it happens. Sometimes you just got to put up with one another. Here, Dr. Moses, good morning, Reverend Sir. Yes, sir, Moses, you're the coming prince. We all think of you. Now you're out here in the desert with a bunch of sheep and a high-tempered wife. He said, that fixed him up. Yes, sir, Moses in an awful shape, but he said, now I can use you. When you realize that you're nothing. How many realize you're nothing today? Amen. Amen. He said, God, give us some more of that kind. Give us some more weaklings. That's what we need, some weaklings. Now, I'll ask you a question. Was the poor the right one for Moses? So, well, they fought all the time for 40 years plus. Huh? Brother Brown said, notice he failed, miserably failed, run into the desert for another 40 years while God had him, with, had him back on the backside of the desert. He married Zipporah. She was high-tempered. Moses was too. He said, so I guess there was some little trouble on the backside of the desert once in a while. Don't turn your wife down because she's got a little temper. He said, maybe that's your cross. God might have given it to kind of keep you lined up. He said, same thing with you women to your husband. Stick together. You promised God you would. So stay with it. He said, notice I'm a person who don't believe in marriage and divorce. That's not to make you feel bad if you've been through that. That's not what that is at all. But we don't believe in marriage and divorce. In other words, getting married than getting divorced. We don't believe in it. We, we stick together because that's what we promised. I understand things happen, but we stick together. He said, if you went at it more prayerfully, there'd be less of it. If he, Exodus 4.20, Moses took his wife and his sons, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. He's got his wife and sons with him. He's going to take them, whether they want to be taken or not. They get up there, and they have a little trouble on the way, and they come back. And guess what? Exodus 18.2, find out after he's been there a while, she got sent home. He sent her home to daddy. Look at Exodus 18.2. Jethro took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he sent her back. <laughs> Didn't say she went back. He sent her back. Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> they were having trouble. God's men aren't perfect. They still have problems. If you ever had a pastor that never argued with his wife, he'd... Maybe I better stop there. <laughs> he couldn't counsel you, right? How would he do it? Like a Catholic priest, he's got no skin in the game, right? He, he don't have any way of knowing. Now, he sent her home to, to daddy, and, and yet she was God's choice for him because when Miriam and Aaron spake against him in Numbers 12, 1 and 2, the Lord heard it. Brother Brown said, we find out one day that even Miriam, a prophetess, and Aaron, the high priest, made fun of Moses' wife because she was an Ethiopian and thought, wasn't there enough women of our own group to marry? Instead of going down there and marrying that woman, he said, that wasn't Moses' choice. That was God's choice for Moses. He, made, he was the one, amen, who put Jethro in that country at that time so those seven daughters would be at that well. God did that. Looked like an accident. God did it. She was God's choice for Moses. Now look, perfect love is redemptive, elective love. Hey Amen. I'm going to skip down past these next. I just don't have time to get to them past Corinthians there where we were going to read. 
And I'm going to go to, to this. Brother Branham was asked the question, how am I supposed to show my wife that I really care for her and stay with the word, but still having a question like this, why don't you practice what you preach or believe? I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but show of hands, but how many of you have been asked that question? Why don't you practice what you preach? I've been asked that question. Brother Brandon said if she has a, wife, a right to say it, not by my wife, by someone else, but I've been asked that question. If, if she has a right to say it, you better get right. But if she's saying it just to be evil, he said it'd be better a millstone hanged about her neck. He said, but maybe this wife, it may be that this wife is not that type of person. Maybe she's different. Maybe she's a good person. Maybe she's just testing you to see what you'll do. Stay in love with her. How am I going to correct that situation? Love her in so many ways for so long a time. Are you with me now? She's just testing you to see what you'll do. Now stay in love with her and let her see Jesus in you. You do that. You just go on. Brother Branham told the story then about the man who had, a man and his wife who'd been drunks. She got saved. He didn't. And, and he continued to be a drunk and go down to the bar, and she was a real Christian. He told his friends down at the bar about it. She's a real Christian. And so, and you've all heard the story before, how that they come back and they were going to test it, and he threw his eggs on the floor. She fixed them breakfast, threw the eggs on the floor, and stormed out and said he could, they could hear her. They could hear her in the room sweeping up the mess. <laughs> sweeping up the mess and sobbing and singing a hymn. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? <laughs> There's a cross for me. That was her cross. She's sweeping up the mess. And one drunk looked at the other one, he said, and said, she's a Christian. She's got it. That little woman led her husband plus these others to Christ that night. Why? He said, just be real sweet. Just remember, he knows all about it. What was she doing? Loving in so many, amen, so many ways. For so long a time. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you realize that's what he did for us? Listen to this. Now, he said, so sister, brother, whatever it might be, he said, you, he asked about his wife. He said, you just be salty. She'll get thirsty if there's anything in her to thirst for. If it isn't, remember, listen to this. I think we've taken this wrong. He said, if you've got the wrong person, you'll get the right one in the millennium. He said, well, praise God. But what's different about the millennium? The conditions are right. What did they have in the Garden of Eden? Perfect love. All the conditions were right. What would your marriage look like if all the conditions were right? If everything was forgiven. If there was no bitterness. If there was no devil. <laughs> if he had nothing to work through. If you never lost your temper. If she never lost hers. Think about it. Maybe the one you're married to is the right one. And in the millennium, they'll be the right one. Amen. Because it's going to be perfect love. All wrongs will be made right there. I never thought about it that way. But maybe, maybe we shouldn't just throw out, casually throw out the circumstances, the one that we met in the circumstances of life and say, well, I'll have somebody better. But maybe, just maybe, under those conditions... Oh my. 
Don't you realize that's what we have to do is create those certain conditions, those kind of conditions as much as we can here? So we condescend. We do things we don't like to do. <laughs> we go places with our wife. We deliberately spend time together. <laughs> Are you with me? We deliberately spend time together. We choose to be together, not because we won't fight, but because we want to love in so many ways for so long a time that that love can be responded to and it will never be broken. God wasn't worried about you. He wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, what am I going to do? They don't love me. Oh, he said, I'm going to love them so great. I'm going to love them so much. I'm going to love them when they're little children. I'm going to love them as they grow up. I'm going to love them. I'm going to send preachers. I'm going to send pastors. I'm going to send evangelists. I'm going to shake them up sometimes. I'm going to show them I'm present. I'm going to love them so much in so many ways for all of their life so that one day we can have this perfect relationship. On the other side. For the joy that was set before him. He, he, dis, he despised the cross. He said, I don't even care about it. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, I'm going to struggle to breathe. Yes, they're going to put a crown of thorns on my head. Yes, I'm going to feel the lash. He felt it. He was not immune from the pain. But he said, I'm willing to go through it for you. Aren't you glad you had a God like that? Who condescended like that? Yeah. Amen. And that kind of love cast out a fear being lost because you responded by it and then it's perfected in you by manifestation. Musicians, go ahead and come. Let me look at this in 1 John 4.10. He said, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, oh my, if he so loved us in so many I know I keep repeating that, but if we could just understand it this morning, in so many ways, for so long a time, he loved us, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. In what way, Brother Ben? In what way should I love my wife? In what way should I love my husband? In what way should I love the church? In what way should I love God's people? The way he loved us. He loved us in so many times. In so many times when we didn't love him. In so many places. In so many ways. For so long a time that we had to love him back. We ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Perfect love. Elective love. God's love. Aren't you glad for it today? Let's bow our heads together. Love will never be perfect here. Not our filial love anyway. But we can have perfect love for one another and for God goes beyond filial love. It goes to agape love. You can only have that by the Spirit of God in your life, by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come by psychology or by education. If you're lacking that kind of love today, would you just, just reach out to Him and say, Lord, I, I want to love my, my brother more, my neighbor more, my 
wife more, my husband more. I want to love you more, Lord. I know I can only do that by the influence of the Holy Spirit on my life. Help me to do that, Lord. Help me to endure the pain so that I can have that perfect relationship. To overlook the little things and sometimes the big things so that I can have that relationship with you. I'm willing if the church is too hot or too cold, too loud or not loud enough. If the people, some of them don't like me and some of them do, whatever it is, Lord, I'm willing to put up with it. I'm willing, Lord, to have that perfect love. Would you just talk to him that way this morning, Heavenly Father? Lord, these hands that were raised across the room, Lord, my hands are raised. I want to love you, Lord, like I've never loved you before. I want to love my wife like I have never loved. Forgive me, Lord, where I've not loved sacrificially, where I've been selfish, where selfishness destroys so many marriages. Selfishness destroys so many churches. Oh, God, would you help me to love sacrificially? Help me to love like you loved. Help me to love in so many places, in so many ways, at so many times. Lord, that the object of love, oh God, would be so overwhelmed by it, they would love me back. I pray that you grant that today. I know that's my testimony. You love me in so many ways. You love me when I was unlovable. You've seen my deep, deepest, darkest moments, and you love me anyway. Oh, God, forgive me for my sins, for my shortcomings. Lord, each one of us, we're, we're a dying people. We're human. We're here on the earth. We believe in a resurrection, Lord. May there be a resurrection of love in our hearts. May there be a rapture, Lord, of love and of certainty. May we see you, Lord in your word and in the spirit, Lord, before we see you in the flesh. I pray you grant that today. Heal every heart, every brokenness, Lord. Help us to love like you love. Lord, to, to not just reject someone because they, they're a little wrong or a lot wrong, but to understand, Lord, is this your choice for me? I'm not going to try to change them, but let me overwhelm them with love. And see how they respond. I pray you grant that today. Lord, take away all thoughts of selfishness, of ungodliness, of bitterness. Lord, as your spirit is here today, may you just wash over us. Lord, move through us. Move through the families in this church, the couples, the young people. Lord, may they never think the way the world does. But Lord, may they think according to your word, we pray. We thank you for it. Thank you for your love. We feel today. We know that you're here. In Jesus' name. Because he first loved me. Oh, could you just slip up your hand to him? Aren't you glad that he loved you? On Calvary. No 
Don't you want to respond to that love this morning? Oh, you love me so much. I'm not going to be stingy today. Oh, I love him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you as a prophet of God even said. You've broken my heart over and over again, but I love you for it. If you sent me to hell, I'd still love you. Amen. Because I'm just responding to the love that you show me. So many ways. For so long a time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. On Calvary. Could we all just stand together and just worship him? For a few moments, and Brother Allen comes. Oh, I, the altar's open if you need to pray. I love, I love him. him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I, I love him. Thank you, Lord. Because Thank you, Jesus. he first loved me. Oh, and purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. Once again, with all our hearts, oh, I Give to you your name, eternity. 
eternity awaits us. Come away, my love. Amen. Let's sing that song, Kiveth, There is None Like You, just before we go. Amen. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. I give you praise for you are my righteousness and I worship you almighty God oh there is none like let's lift our hands and worship him there is none like you no one else can touch my heart like you do oh and I can search for all eternity long and I'd find there is none like you let's sing that verse one more time I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. I give you praise for you are my righteousness oh I worship you almighty God there is none like There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. Oh, I could search for all eternity long, and I'd find there is none like you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Did you enjoy that this morning? Amen. Definitely just enjoyed that. If we could just go ahead. Uh, he knows my name. Kiev F as well. I have a father. Amen. Did you enjoy that this morning? Just thankful for the Lord coming and speaking to us. Amen. Just be remembering communion service this evening. Amen. Just come expecting the Lord just to do great things. And just remember the requests that were mentioned this morning as well. Just continue to pray for them throughout the day. But let's sing this and you're free to go in the name of the Lord. Oh, I have a father 
calls me his own he'll never leave me no matter where I go he knows my name he knows And here 